Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to So I Got To Thinking, the weekly podcast where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw from Sex and the City and apply them to modern life and love. As ever, you are joined by June Dawson and Dylan B. Jones. And this week, we're very excited because to celebrate the wedding of Charlotte and Trey, we've invited a very special wedding guest. It is photographer and the founder of the All Right Darling fanzine and podcast. It's Greg Bailey. Hi, Greg. Hey, Hi, Greg. Greg. How you doing? <laughs> I'm really good, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm fabulous. I'm enjoying lockdown three. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, wait. By the time you are listening to this podcast, we're like four weeks into lockdown three. We hope you're doing well. We hope that our podcast is helping you to at least recognise that it's a Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> we'll take anything, anything to help us realise what day of the week it is. And as it's a Charlotte Wednesday, said, you know? <laughs> it's a Wednesday. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> We're but, recording that we usually record and release on Tuesdays. Today is a Wednesday. But as Charlotte says in this episode, see you next Tuesday. Except that's why we pick Tuesdays. Back in the beginning, that is literally why we pick Tuesdays because of see you next Tuesday. I've known Greg for a long, long time. You photographed me a while back. I um, did indeed. Do you know what? That is, it's my favorite ever photo shoot. So well done. Oh, However, you. though you might say as a trans woman why I allowed you to photograph me literally eight days before I got my nose done <laughs> that was a choice wasn't it kind of I did, I did love that you said that to me like Greg with just you know just bear in mind I am having a few changes done I'm like okay all right but all still right. I mean I've been photographed a lot by lots of wonderful and lovely photographers but <laughs> being photographed in a sex dungeon oh. in vintage streetwear oh. um <laughs> <laughs> and it was Connor. Connor England is an yeah. amazing makeup artist. Oh, I love. I know Connor. I love him. You are. He's he's a brilliant guy. Lovely. He's so sweet and gorgeous. So yeah. beautiful. Gorgeous. One of the most beautiful people I've ever seen with my yeah. human Hi, eyes. Hi, Hi, Connor. Connor. Um, <laughs> so, so be- before we launch into the podcast as normal, we do mm-hmm. like when we have a guest, we like to talk about your work. And I think I was just saying, I think the Venn diagram of people who love Sex in the City and people who love RuPaul's Drag Race. That's a circle, basically. It's a definite circle, yeah. And Greg, you were so ahead of the curve in that you got in really early with 
making those connections with the drag race contestants and photographing them. Um, if you've not seen Greg's work, I would really urge you to check it out because what I love about Greg's work is that often you take the drag race girls mm-hmm. and you encourage them to style themselves in a way that we haven't really seen them before, yeah. which I think is cool. Have yeah. you got any favorites? I would say in terms of being kind of really flexible with kind of their image um, is Adore. Mm. Um, every single time I've worked with her, she's just kind of like, dress me how you want, photograph me how you want, just do what you've got to do. Um, and who you see in the show is exactly who you get when you're photographing her. She's she's so stupid. <laughs> Party. <laughs> I, I, I did, I ran, I think like a lot of people, um, I ran into a door. In, in a club, in a club. yeah, in, <laughs> in, leg- in Legends Brighton, and oh, she, she, in she Legends. ended in Legends, and she ended up making out with my friends. Um, oh. I don't, I don't even think that's a spoiler because that could apply to so many people. Uh, I think, uh, I think she's she's done that to a few. She's people. very into free love. She's yeah. again. So I originally met Adore sort of at a, a meet and greet for Bianca Del Rio, and oh, was that she, the one at the Dome? No, the no. This was a um, the two brewers in Clapham. Oh. This was back in my. Yeah. London days and I sort of ended up next to the bar and I was like oh my god big big fan of your work and then I was like oh I'll leave you alone and she was like please stay and be my friend I'm by myself and I was like lovely I'm not I mean I think a lesser podcast Greg would ask you who who are the most difficult ones but we're not going to go there I'm I'm going to say who 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 are the who are the nicest ones to work with other than Adore obviously other than Adore I would say uh Raja Mm -hmm. um oh my face yeah yeah she's she's amazing um Alaska Mm -hmm. absolutely brilliant she um yeah she wrote the foreword for my book um, so smart so so smart who is your ideal subject like obviously it's been very difficult during the pandemic anyway but who mm. who would you love to photograph that you've not yet had a chance to oh i love this oh That's this was a, a tough one because i got i got asked this um <laughs> i got asked this while i was on stage at my book launch and it literally threw me through like through a loop um but at that time it was um amanda lapore um but I then, sh- like, shortly after that, I got to photograph her. So I should really try and think of someone <laughs> I mean, now that's so a, I can manifest it. <laughs> that's a win, isn't it? Yeah, like, total win. That really reminds me of when I was listening to Joanna Lumley's Desert Island Discs. Um, oh. And the interviewer was like, <laughs> the interviewer was like, so, Joanna, what would you bring with you if you were stranded on a desert island? And she was like, well, actually, I have been stranded on a desert island. And um, when I was, this is what I... What? <laughs> and it reminds me, that reminds me of that. Like, it's that <laughs> that you've got to... Fo- like, you already have photographed your dream person. So I, that's it that. kind of It kind of was, because she, she sum, summed up so much for me. Because one of the main reasons I started photography was because um, of her portraits by David LaChapelle. Um who who commented on um one of my I think it was a story of Amanda. So I was mm. like, I got to photograph Amanda and then he commented back yeah. to the story. I was like yeah. And of course, by now, by the time you're listening to this, we're well into RuPaul's Drag Race UK season two. Yes. Um, Greg and I both know Joe Black really well because we're based <laughs> down south in Brighton. Dylan has previously lived with Bimini, which yeah. is I did I didn't know that. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I've had my encounters with taste as well. <laughs> <laughs> 
not not in not in any kind. I wasn't trying to imply anything. I was sure. <laughs> right. The more, I, the more I deny it, the more it's going to sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they're both like this whole cast is incredible. It yeah. is. Like, how amazing. I mean, I yeah. don't. I'm not going to ask Greg. I'm not going to try find out because Greg knows Joe really really well. I'm not going to try find out how how well Joe does because what an impossible season. I will say. Oh. I think when we saw the season one lineup, we mm-hmm. could see who the final three were going to be. Yep. This year, not a fucking clue. Wouldn't it's, like to call it. Lawrence Cheney is going to be so entertaining. So into and Ginny Lemon. Mm, Ginny Lemon's hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's go back to Amanda Park. Of course, Amanda yes. Park ended ended up with a cameo in Sex and the City. So that brings us. Yeah. That brings Did us. She? she does. She's at the queer prom in season yeah. six with oh. with Carrie with Carrie and Stamford. So that's that can be our segue screeching yes, back right. to Sex and the City with season three episode. 12. 12. And, yeah, and 12. it's done ask, done tell. Dylan, do you want to give us your potted synopsis? Oh, just, yeah. just quickly. I love, I love this bit. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> um, yeah. So I feel pressure now. Um, so the big, the big storyline obviously is Charlotte, everything centers around Char- and leads up to Charlotte's wedding, doesn't it? Um, and also is centered around Carrie tearing herself apart over whether to tell Aiden about the affair. Um, there's not a huge amount for Miranda and Samantha to do because they're kind of eclipsed by the What? Their plots are amazing. <laughs> yeah, they are amazing, <laughs> but they're like comic, re- like they're comic relief. Um, Miranda, in one of my like favorite Miranda moments ever, pretends to be a nurse steward, oh, which I had completely it's iconic. About. It's, it's the, so good. It's she's, the voice. she's it's the vibe. I was just gonna say <laughs> she speaks like this. <laughs> in, tr- in truth, it's a lonely life. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's my favorite line. <laughs> we're, we're wearing a pussy bow neckerchief as well yes. to have sex in. She keeps it on. She keeps it on the whole time. <laughs> And then um, Samantha sleeps with the really hot Scottish unintelligible cousin yeah. Caleb. Scot- Scottish, like I'm Scottish. I'm going to yeah. guess it's it's the doctor. <laughs> I mean... It's the Doctor McNeely University for fake accents <laughs> from Friends, isn't it? <laughs> so I'm just looking up the um, the Wikipedia episode synopsis for this episode. <laughs> just says. Cunning linguist Samantha sleeps with Trey's Scottish cousin despite being unable to understand him. And that's the synopsis. Oh, wow. <laughs> which I thought was iconic. Um, Whoever was writing yeah. that was definitely a Samantha fan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Dr. McNeely from the Fake Accent University. <laughs> um, I'm so, please, miss, I'm so lonely. <laughs> <laughs> no, you two are too intelligible. Like, you, can, you can hear what you're saying. You cannot hear a s- syllable of what he's saying. Like, mm. What was it? There was one that was like something, something hotel. There was like the, 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 the Stanhope Hotel. The Stanhope. 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 I mean, I understand that they've kind of they've gone for an impenetrable Glaswegian accent. Yeah. Um, and then said he's from Edinburgh. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I mean, let's face it, the Edinburgh accent is the most gentle yeah. Lorraine Kelly accent of all. Um, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. But I suppose, should, I suppose we should start with Carrie. Oh, oh Carrie. Okay, go on, then. Carrie's question is. In a relationship, is honesty the best policy? Which I think 
is a question that we've somewhat answered many times because one of the themes that we keep coming back to on this podcast is communication. And a lot of the problems in Carrie's life do stem from the fact that actually she doesn't really say what's on her mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one, it does in particular boil down to whether or not she should confess her infidelity with Aiden. As Samantha points out, she can get away with it if she wants to. She... You know, Aiden suspects nothing. Um, she has ended last week, she tells Big in that iconic line where so over we need a new word for over. What would you have done? Would you would you have told Aiden, Dylan? I don't know. Greg, Greg. Greg. <laughs> um, Pass it to Greg. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't right, I yeah. wouldn't have told him. Um because yeah. I think I think the real question Carrie should have probably asked herself is I am I actually in the right relationship? Like I even before, obviously we know, you know, spoilers, she doesn't end up with Aiden. We, we know that, but um, yeah, I think she knows that as well right now. Um, I don't think he's right for her. I think he's a bit too safe for her. That's why she kind of basically caused all of this. She caused drama herself. So I think that's the real question she should, she should have been answering is, is he right for me? Because um, she's not cheating on him for, you know, lack of sex or lack of anything. Like he's he's brilliant. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think she should have probably broke it off more than anything, rather than just telling him what she did. Absolving absolving yourself of guilt is quite a selfish act. I agree. And, yeah. and, the- and she. She says that, doesn't she? Mm. Yeah. Voiceover, or she mm. makes some sort of reference to it. Like, like questions herself. Yeah, she she is full of guilt. And the only way that she can rid herself of guilt is to get Aiden to forgive her. And this is something we will come back to in season four in that quite cringe-inducing scene where she says to Aiden, you have to forgive me, Aiden. You have to forgive me. And so <laughs> this is, and this will come as no surprise to regular listeners, this is about Carrie. Um, it's, <laughs> it's about how Carrie is the centre of her own world. Oh, my God. Well, I was like... Sure, tell him, but do you really have to, like, of course you fucking told him, like, as you're out, on your way out of the door to your best friend's wedding. Of course and then, did. And then she fucking says, but what about the wedding? Like, <laughs> Yes, like, Carrie, what, what about you... the wedding? <laughs> yes, yes. If shit, I'm, I'm due to get married this summer, if one of my fucking bridesmaids <laughs> ran up to the church at the last minute, I wouldn't let her be a bridesmaid. I'd be like, no. You can go away in Burger King. We will meet you at the reception. (laughs) My bridesmaids, if you're listening to this, you are on a warning. Go wait in Burger King. Charlotte is surprisingly chill about the whole thing as well. If one of my bridesmaids had failed to show up on the morning of my wedding, there's so so much in this episode to enjoy. It was a really, I I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I was just going to say, it was also really meaty. Like, even though I've got my notes here... I, there was you're right Juno like so much happened that I'm just kind of like still kind of thinking about all the different parts because also like Carrie was Carrie was back and forth between Aiden and like the three ladies and getting ready mm. for the wedding yeah because I thought the scene and I it's always been one of my favorite scenes is the scene when you know it's fucked which is when Aiden is making the love seat and we see them have sex 
which mm-hmm. we haven't done all that much. You know, and especially as a TV writer, you know that scene has been put there to almost set Carrie up for a fail. Like, this is this is the prize you could have had. I mean, I'm not sure I love the weird metaphor about the wood, two types of wood coming together with an ugly knot in the middle. Um, <laughs> But again, this yeah, is... Yeah, there's that, like, 80s, like, flute, like, romantic flute music, like, we're in, like, the Rocky Mountains or something. <laughs> the all- allopation windpipe music. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's a shame because, again, it's that thing, and I think, Greg, what you said is right, which is it also kind of punctuates that Aiden is just not right for her. Yeah. Um, she's not right. It's interesting. Have you been watching Bridgerton on Netflix? I haven't started it yet, but I am going to watch it, yeah. There is another very... It's such a trope, but there is, it, again, the the main love plot between the characters of Daphne and Simon is actually very Carrie and Big, actually. It's know. it's very, very toxic. And, and in many ways, they present an Aiden as well, like the per, the perfect on paper guy. Um, in, in Bridgerton, he's a prince. Um, but, it, but again, you, you sort of, on one hand, you know that Carrie would be better off with Aiden, yeah. that her, her life will look a certain way with Aiden. But at the same time, we want her to not be yeah, with him she, as well. She wants to be kept on her toes, and I don't think Aiden is capable of doing that. And, well, he, he is in the Sex and City 2 film, obviously. Mm, mm, she, yeah, twist. She ends up, you know, cheating on Big with, with Aiden. But, Do you know, I'd never thought of that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it all odd? comes full circle, yeah. yeah. With, with God, by the second film, Aiden is so sexy. He oh. just gets sexier with age, oh, my yeah. God, yeah. And, <laughs> but I, th- I thought the scene where she tells him is very Carrie. Like, could this be my flaw? <laughs> no. Your, your, gi- your giant hair bagel is your flaw. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I thought. Like, when he's hugging her at the end and he kept putting his chin on her hair bagel, I was like... <laughs> They were both good acting, both good acting from them, though, yes. I thought. I like the fact that it's it adds extra drama, the fact that it's, like, in public and you can't mm. see people in the background and they're, like, having this really intense conversation and you're like, oh, oh, my God. But, like, to, to be honest, we love Aiden. Yeah. Everyone loves Aiden. But I'm not sorry to see him go. Like, the next few episodes are great fun mm. because Carrie's single. I was, like, su- at the time, I was surprised <laughs> to see him go. Um, yeah, I think I was, too. Yeah, I, I, I thought... I assumed, and I remember even back then thinking, oh, he'll be in it next week and they'll work it out. Um, and of course he's not. And I remember being really like, oh, that was it. How long That's is it that. until he does come back? Well, he comes back in the early episodes of season four. I think season I four. Because we've got the jazz musician to get through first. Woo! <laughs> oh, God, him. Scat- oh, Scatting Ray, who has ADHD, <laughs> Oh. Scatting um, Ray, wow. Mm, Scatting yeah. Ray. I think I've seen him on Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we take a little advert there? Let's do our little ad break and then we'll get on to Charlotte being a bridezilla and we'll see you in a sec. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. 
Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there. Welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. This week, you are listening to Juno and Dylan, and we are joined by special guest star photographer to the stars, Greg Bailey. Um, And we are discussing season three's Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, Yeah, Carrie and Aidan are fucked. But what about Charlotte? It's her wedding. Hooray! It's her whole wedding week. And we only get in, in Sex and the City... TV in the televised episodes, we only get three weddings. So this is one of three and the first, it's the first wedding. No, we don't. That's a lie. We get four weddings um, because Charlotte has two. Um, no, I counted that one. Miranda. Charlotte has two and Miranda has one. So yeah, three weddings. And then Carrie um, in the film. And then Carrie, yeah, she has yeah. a big false start. Um, this is this is really lovely. I love Carrie um, having a little bit of the McDougal tartan on her bridesmaid dress. Yeah. Um, Charlotte in Vera Wang. Um, I love that she doesn't want them to say fuck around the dresses. <laughs> also, like it says she's in a $14,000 dress. I picked up I like, too. I like to think that no matter how much money I had or hopefully have in the future at some point, <laughs> um, I would never like... Spend that imagine. on a dress. <laughs> yeah, like, never. Like it's just ridiculous. I'm going to let you into the tea about weddings, having planned one now three times because we keep having to move it. Um, (laughs) I can't. They are insanely expensive. And this is something that has baffled me, which is the government has obviously thrown a lot of money after things like airlines and relay. But it's a multi-million pound industry is the wedding business. Mm -hmm. And if you choose to get married, and especially if you choose to go down quite a traditional route with like a ceremony and a reception, you are opening a vortex into which your money is just sucked. And Max and I are planning a very, very modest wedding, but we, we, it's, we're talking now well into five figures for what is a lavish party. And, Mm. and ours, I cannot stress, ours is incredibly lucky. And yeah, my, my dress is nothing like 14,000 pounds, but, um, still stupid money, stupid, stupid, crazy money. But then you sort of think to yourself, do I want a wedding dress? And and the answer is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Carrie Bradshaw is an interesting example, which is in, in the film, you know, she, she starts out by saying, oh, I've bought this secondhand vintage 50s number. But then yeah. as soon as you start getting sucked into 
and you know they show you the wedding dress and it's like I do want that I do want (laughs) I want want that I do I and you know I initially I did the exact same thing I bought off eBay I got myself a secondhand Vivian Westwood gown I'm 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 gonna wear it for because Max and I are getting the actual legal bit in a reception registry office is the word I'm looking for in a registry office I'll wear that one there I think it cost 90 quid um, so I got this second hand and I was like, oh, how lovely. And then I just, just for fun, me and my maid of honor went to try on some bespoke wedding dresses. You, uh. you can guess what happened next. <laughs> oh my God. How much do I need to give you? Yeah. Take just, it all. Just, I will sell a kidney. <laughs> um, just kind of ridiculousness. So yeah, I, as soon as, as soon as I went to meet with, the wonderful, I'm not going to say who it is. I'm going to keep it a surprise for the actual Instagram. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, as soon as I went to meet with the designer, I was like, I will give you my firstborn child. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's very easy. Nobody tell say. her. <laughs> it's very easy for me to be like, oh, I would never. But like, And I'm sure I'd be the sort of person as well who'd be like, oh, I'm just getting like, you know, like this vintage, really cool thing. But I'm sure like if I was someone who wore dresses, like the moment I walked into Vera Wang, I'd be like, I want that. <laughs> so like it's very yeah <laughs> yeah and as well it's the fact that you've had it tailored for your body as well so it fits yeah. you it, yeah oh it's yeah and the dress it's everything i always wanted it to be oh, so good yeah um carrie is a really good friend uh, the, uh when charlotte like comes back to her when carrie's 100%. like if you want to go like, I don't care about anyone here. I'll get us a cab. We can just go. Mm. And then when she's like, maybe he jerked off right before you got there. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I love about that conversation is, though, then, like, as soon as Carrie starts walking down the aisle, Charlotte gestures to her, I'm guessing, her dad. So her dad was stood there the whole time. Right there. Trey, can I get it up? (laughs) Dad? (laughs) During that bit of dialogue, Chris was walking through and like stopped and like started watching it. And um, Charlotte was like, I've got something to tell you. And Chris was like, she's pregnant. And I was like, no, it's more ridiculous than that. He was like, Trey can't get it up. And Chris just left the room. Fair. Um, I I love that scene as well. And I've used that scene on two friends. I've said, I'm going to invoke Carrie Bradshaw. Uh This is your way out if you need... I've not done it on the morning of a wedding, but I've done it. I I remember saying to a couple of friends, do you know what? If you are having doubts... We can yeah. sort that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both went ahead and got married. But I like to think just just ahead of my wedding, one of my bridesmaids might be like, don't feel it's it's that pressure, you know, like mm-hmm. you don't have to you don't have to do this. It doesn't matter that you're in a dress, it doesn't matter that we're standing in a church. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. you, you you still have free will. Yeah. And actually, again, I'm not gonna name any names, but a, a friend of a friend once called off an engagement, and I am full of admiration for that woman because it would have been easier for her to go ahead with it because actually once you start planning a wedding it's a bit of a conveyor belt and that's basically what charlotte got caught up in like Mm. she did have doubts and she i think deep down knew that there was some issues but as carrie's voiceover said she had the fourteen thousand dollar dress she was fucking doing it Mm. like which is the wrong mm. reason to get married, obviously. <laughs> she, she'd already committed to getting on that conveyor belt when <clears throat> when she was on the Staten Island Ferry. She was 
you know, she said it then. Yeah. And she's just like, I'm not getting off. <laughs> Do you know what, Greg? I think that is something, I think it's a real thing, especially for cisgender women, mm. because, you know, you've had it so drilled into you. And especially, I think, turning 30 is societally set out as such a fucking deadline mm-hmm. for particularly cishet people, which is by the time you are 30, you should have these things locked down. Yeah. You know, and I think you are so right. And we've mentioned it a few times this season, which is Charlotte, she commits to this wedding before she's even met Trey. Yeah. It's funny as well. And we were all, you know, it was really building up to this point. You know, when when Charlotte tells the others that she doesn't plan to have sex with Trey, Samantha's reaction is spot on, which is, you're you're mad. insane. I mean, do are we all in agreement that Charlotte not sleeping with Trey before the wedding is batshit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's like it's like the idea of like she says she's saving herself, and like the concept of saving yourself is just arbitrary Victorian bullshit. Yeah. Like it's meaningless. I might be historically inaccurate saying Victorian, but everyone knows what I mean. I'm sure. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's like fabricated shit. It doesn't mean anything. While while I agree with everybody's right to make decisions regarding their sex life. I think going into a legal commitment, like a marriage, Mm -hmm. without knowing whether or not there is a sexual chemistry is reckless in a way, I think, because silly to suggest that sex isn't a big part of your life with your partner, I mean, some some people are asexual or demisexual, um, or partly sexual or celibate, and that's cool if you if you've communicated that with your partner and that both of you are going into that relationship, understanding that one is more sexual than the other, or one is into this and one is not into something. That's all cool because you're going into the relationship with your eyes wide open. Mm. However, in this case neither Trey nor Charlotte really knew what they were getting into. Again, because it hadn't been communicated. Trey hadn't told Charlotte he suffered from erectile dysfunction and Charlotte didn't know whether or not, you know, similarly, Trey didn't know if there was anything about Charlotte that he should have known. So I think the fact they went into this wedding without having discussed sexuality was insane. So it's not, it's not that they hadn't had sex. It's that they hadn't even discussed sex that I think Mm. is why it was fucked. And it feels like, you know, this, this fuck up really sets up Trey and Charlotte for the next couple of seasons in, in that, you know, they are doomed. The, the, the marriage is doomed because Again, I'm sure nobody's watching Sex and the City for the first time. What all what ultimately kills Charlotte and Trey's marriage is Trey's inability to communicate around sex, mm-hmm. and what, when it yeah. comes, and that's that's it. And potentially, what Charlotte should have known before she married him wasn't that he has erectile dysfunction, but that he's unwilling to talk about his erectile dysfunction. Yeah. Mm. And yes, so there we go for the next two years we will be discussing this pivotal clusterfuck in charlotte's relationship i think i'm gonna get bored of it are you oh there, there's there's some gold there is some comedy <laughs> gold Don't forget you know about the baby cut out the ba- the cardboard baby <laughs> rebecca and schooner bunny's Sh- always around oh, yeah. fucking bunny <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte, cutting out pictures of herself and gluing them into porn magazines. There is jugs. jugs. 
So much Just, to look forward to. Actually, that's true. <laughs> so that's much. True. Kyle McLaughlin is a gift. He is. And he, he, he is, he continues to be a gift, so... <laughs> Yeah. Um, what about what about the other two? Who should we do first? Should we do stewardess Miranda next? <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's flight attendant actually. Sorry, I think yeah, I think the t- <laughs> I think the term is flight attendant. Yeah. Not Once if you want to get laid. First class. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? Once you work first class, you can't ever go back to coach. <laughs> I love that she's like clearly just having so much fun. Oh, and like so feeling and just feeling free. Like it, it, it's interesting because it started off as a very like dodgy anti-feminist storyline, the fact that she was hiding the fact that she was a lawyer. And then became her just being like free and really enjoying it, which I kind of loved how I don't know if it was if they intentionally turned it on his head, but I enjoyed it either way. <laughs> I think it might just be our, our 2020, well, 2021 way of thinking that is kind of more turned on its head. I, d- I don't think it was like an intentional yeah. thing. But it is <laughs> yeah, kind maybe, of empowering yeah, probably... to kind of be someone else. Like, Yeah. We recognise the actor that she is shagging. It's Clark Gregg from the Avengers franchise. Yes. And, um, and one episode of Will and Grace. He was um, oh Jack's my God, boyfriend. Which... Which I watched this morning. Did you? <laughs> Before Sex in the City. Yeah. Oh, I've been re I've been rewatching it and I was like, oh, it's him from the Avengers. And then I put put on Sex in the City and I was like, it's, it's him, him again. <laughs> I mean, Clark, Clark Gregg is one of those actors who has appeared in every single long-running American TV show. He probably pops up in Desperate Housewives at some probably. point as well. Yeah. Um, the West Wing. Where, let me hang, hang on. I've got his Wikipedia right here. He's been in everything. Um, I think he's quite sexy. I was just about to say that. Like, he's so yeah. hot. That hair Do you like think? Up, yeah, in sort of like a buttoned-up corporate kind of yeah. way. He's quite sexy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he has literally done Sex and the City, The Practice, The West Wing, Will and Grace, The Shield, CSI New York, Agents of Shield. Um, yeah, he's he's been in everything. And yeah, this was when he popped up in the Avengers. This this was where I knew him from. They they deserve it. Bad karma. If Miranda is gonna pretend to be cabin crew, then yeah. then you know, gonna... yes, he is going to be the assistant manager of the athlete's foot. Um, that, foot that's, that's what you get. Foot locker, um, not athlete's foot. The athlete's foot. That was what it was called. Um, athlete's foot? That's what the shop was called. It's called the athlete's foot on something and something, no, Greg. Really? It was. Yes, you've heard foot locker. It's not. I think maybe maybe they couldn't say the foot locker, so they called it the athlete's foot. Oh. It's true. That is... I know. Um, but yeah, no, so Miranda keeping on the neckerchief oh. to have sex is fucking hysterical. There's always some actress who doesn't want her cookies. <laughs> um, just brilliant. So, so good. And although, did you notice that once again, poor old Stanford? Oh, yeah, gets roped oh. in and does not get a line of dialogue. She doesn't speak. No, nothing. <laughs> non-speak, non-speaking extra who doesn't even have an invite to Charlotte's wedding. No. Harsh, he brutal. Yeah, he only got one because um, mm. her, 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 her athlete's foot boyfriend <laughs> couldn't, couldn't <laughs> come. Just bad, bad friending. Yeah. Bad, bad friending. Speaking of bad friending, um, Samantha, who, who once again... Her vagina is the hottest spot in town. She's <laughs> she's shagged 
She shagged Cousin Charlotte's Taylor. brother. Now it's time for Cousin Caleb Harker to bear the shirt. Someone had to bring the real scotch light. <laughs> See, I want to try and do an accent, but I know it'll just end up being kind of like Northern Irish or something, which is just like, no. I, I actually looked him up because I was curious, and the actor is English. Yes. I, oh. I looked what? But he hasn't kind of been in as, as much as um the um the Footlocker guy, has he? What? No. <laughs> Oh, no. no, I didn't um, recognise him. He's very handsome. He's very handsome. Yeah. Cousin Caleb, um, nothing to glean from... I, I feel like it, this this storyline was there purely for that line where Carrie's voiceover was like, now Charlotte had something old, something new, something borrowed, and something Samantha Blue. <laughs> Not your best, Carrie. And no. um, I do, I like all the foursome scenes this week. I love the scene where they're trying on their dresses and... You can imagine why running so close to a wedding tempers might start to flare. Mm. I love. I thought, I thought Samantha was a bit shitty in that bit. I disagree. She was. Yeah, you disagree. Well, I thought like usually I'm the biggest Samantha advocate, but in that particular instance, she was like kicking off about the dress, and I was like, "Yeah, I get you," but just like it should just like give Charlotte a free pass for being a nightmare. A, br- like, a bride, yeah, a bride doesn't need that kind of you shit. Know, okay, that's like that's I a fair agree point. that yeah, she should have picked her yeah. time, and it wasn't when she was having her <laughs> her thing up around her. See you next Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Is that a schoolhouse rock I missed? <laughs> Not now, because we all know it. Thank you for bringing that into our lives, yes. Sex and the City. Um, see you next. Um, oh. Thanks. Oh. Um, but I, I like that scene. I loved Carrie trying to pour pour calming water onto the oil, yeah. which is, come on. Um, and then I really, I love, 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 I love the scene at the end as well, where Carrie is distraught and Miranda comes and says, we're needed for pictures. Mm-hmm. And they have that beautiful picture on the stairs where Carrie's hair entirely includes Miranda. Miranda's face. Yeah, entirely. Just, just her yeah, hair. I'm, I'm glad you noticed that because I wasn't sure if I was just being like a, a picky photographer. I was like, um, excuse me. <laughs> But it's it's a lovely moment where the four of them are together and it's it feels very candid and so it's and again I remember that more more than being upset that Aiden had left how lovely it was that Carrie she still got her friends around her and of course yeah. that's the ultimate message of Sex and the City which is men come and go but your friends are constant in answer to the question we need to answer the question mm-hmm. is honesty the best policy. I would say not always. That's exactly what I was going to say. <sighs> it just depends. It's such a general question. Yeah. It depends. Yeah. I think what? in the very specific example of Carrie and Aiden, I wonder why Carrie felt the need to tell him. Yeah. She she must have known Aiden well enough to know mm. that that was not something he was going to be able to get over. And he said, I wish I hadn't, I wish yeah. he hadn't told yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, I wish I didn't know this. Hmm. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, and and I think I wonder if Carrie was trying to sabotage it. I wonder if I th- I she right. knew. I think you're right. Mm. I think she was. She was scared to tell him, not just because of like <clears throat> the guilt of you know in quote marks. Well, she did cheat on him, but um, it was that she was scared that she knew what was going to happen, and that was she knew Aiden mm. wasn't going to want to be with her. We so we a few weeks back we did ask our listeners to get in touch and about their extra extramarital affairs because neither Dylan or I have had an affair 
on that scale. You know, I, I've fully admitted in my younger years, I was a bit of a scamp, but um, I never, I've never, I've never set out to see somebody behind somebody's back in that kind of way. Um, and one of our listeners has been very candid and has got in touch with us and described her experience of, of infidelity, which we're really grateful. Do you know what? Just in general, we love it when listeners interact mm. with us. It, you know, it really, it's cool to know that we're not speaking into the abyss yeah. kind of. And so, so Dylan, Dylan has the exchange. So Dylan. This is from Anon. Mm -hmm. And Anon says, I consider myself pretty vanilla in terms of my relationship history. Long-term boyfriends in my teens, couple of one-night stands at uni, then met my husband. We were together for 14 years, married for nine. Um, I would say the marriage ended when I had an affair, but in truth, it was long. It was over long before that. I have never been a cheater. I've been cheated on and I'm fully aware of how devastating and humiliating it can be. I had plenty of opportunities to cheat throughout that relationship, but I never did until I met the one. Our affair only went on physically for about six weeks before I told my husband. You guys are absolutely right. Why would you do it to yourself? If it's not right where you are, get out. I have no idea how people carry on affairs for months and years. A few weeks was exhausting and so mentally and emotionally draining. And then they go on to say... My affair made me see what I needed to do. We would all have been, we would have been stuck in a life of misery otherwise. Affairs do feel a bit retro and seedy and I often had a bit of a what is my life moment at the time, but it was certainly the catalyst to get both of us out of a situation that just wasn't right and ultimately landed me in one that was perfect. I'm not proud of what I did, but it does tell you a lot about where you are and where you truly want to be. Wow. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Huge thank you yeah. to that person for getting in touch because um, that was something we didn't have experience on. And again, listeners, do 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 get in touch with us. Oh. So they basically said, like, the affair made them realise that their marriage, like, made them analyse their marriage more closely and was like, actually, this isn't working. And the affair made them realise mm. that. I wonder, I wonder if that person was honest with their first partner about and said I'm leaving you because I've met someone else or I'm leaving you because I don't think this is working mm -hmm. and sometimes I think sometimes oh is honesty the best policy it is a tough one is it this is one of the most interesting carry questions it yeah it's, this is I'm really this is stuck one. I'm stuck I think it's completely dependent on <clears throat> like if it's in in relation to relationships I think it's completely dependent on if you think by doing so you will end said relationship um and do you want that relationship to end or do you want to make things better i think it completely depends on <clears throat> carrie's situation or anyone's situation if honesty is the best policy because you ultimately do know what's potentially going to happen um, and how much how much harm is it going to do as well who who is it harming is sometimes the truth can be like a lightning bolt mm -hmm. and you know is it going to hurt them more to know oh it's sort of for example could you could somebody say to someone i don't think this is working somebody i know their marriage broke down because one partner had an affair but actually that wasn't the problem no. with the relationship the affair no. was the symptom so actually it would have potentially been more honest to say our relationship isn't working because it's really toxic. Mm -hmm. That was the truth in that matter, actually. And the the whole thing, the, the whole affair became kind of almost like a cover story. Yeah. 
that's that's typically is what happens it all becomes about the like you said the symptom the the that's the issue you know that people like to cling on to because they don't like to look at what the real issue is whether it's about their partner themselves or them as as a couple so maybe maybe the answer here is that honesty itself is subjective like yes. what what is the truth like what is the actual truth and with Carrie and Aiden what was the actual truth and maybe the actual truth is they were ill-suited Absolutely. and that they they were always heading for some sort of a fail mm, I agree there we go. yeah before we go, we go, before we go, and while we have Greg, I think now this is the point where we do need to acknowledge that Sex and the City is coming back. You know, we've Dylan and I have been putting this off for several weeks. Did you not know this, Greg? Are you joking? I have. Oh no, my god! <gasps> Spoilers. Are you, are you guys bringing it back? Or like, oh god! I wish. I wish. I did. I once pitched it to a production company. I was mm. like, "Do you think we'll be able to get the rights?" I love that we've got an on-air react first reaction though. Yeah, HBO, HBO Max. It's coming back without Samantha. Without mm. Samantha. <laughs> well, well, Dylan. So this is it. So no, without Kim it's Kim coming Kattral. back without Kim Cattrall. So it doesn't necessarily mean it's not coming back with Samantha. They've neither confirmed nor denied it. Hmm. So yeah, I mean, how do you it's, feel it's, about it? You, you do. Well, let's let's give our official verdict. So by the time this episode airs, we might have more details. At the moment, as we know it, all we know is that a new series is in the works at HBO Max with most of the original cast. They've not even confirmed that it's not Kim Cattrall, but we know. I mean, yeah. I would be I would be astonished, and I I think Kim Cattrall has since the news broke has indicated she's not involved so we can we can assume that kim cattrall is not involved um how do i feel because sarah jessica parker michael patrick king and cynthia nixon and Kristen davis were keen to be involved it always felt like it was it was always on the cards Mm. When, when Kim Cattrall categorically said she wasn't going to do it, I assumed that might be the end of it or that possibly Sarah Jessica Parker would executive produce some sort of spin-off, yeah. which is kind of what I pitched. I was like, well, let's do a bunch of 30-something people in New York now. Let's do a, a new generation like Sex and the City, The Next Generation, and let's have a trans one. Let's have more people yeah. of colour. Let's, let's see... Let's tell some new stories with new characters. Um, or, or possibly even, you know, go really, really meta, kind of do a story about... So I pitched it as a group of people living in New York who are obsessed with Sex and the City. You know, the original. And so I'd go really meta, but um, we'd cool. never, we, we would never secure the rights, so we, we let it go. Yeah. But... And there was talk as well about a version with slightly older women, sort of like women, kind of like postmenopausal, kind of women. Like Grace and Frankie vibes. Yeah, oh, Grace and Frankie vibes. Nice. That'd be cool. But yeah. instead, given that so many of the original cast are up for it, why not tell those stories now? Yeah. You know, let's let's talk about sort of sort of menopausal women in New York with their kids being a bit older now. They've got teenage kids. Um, what, well, you know, where's it all going to be? And I know that the original writers, a few years ago, I think it was in 2017, they got Jenny Bix and some of the other original writers to talk about the stories they had pitched for a potential later series. And it's in there, you know, there was some cute stuff about um, 
Lily Goldenblatt starts touching herself and Charlotte is tasked with, Charlotte is tasked with explaining sexuality to like a nine-year-old child kind of. How old would the kids be now thinking about it? So the kids would now be, so Lily. Teenagers. Yeah, would be a college um, as would Miranda's son would now be of college think, college age. So I think I'd be I think I'd be apprehensive. I will be very apprehensive if it turns out it's all of the same writers. I think that yes. like Darren Star, Darren Star, Michael Patrick King, and um, Jenny Bix have all proven themselves at times to be not very on the pulse even in the nineties. No, so God knows yeah. what it would be like now. So um, did you watch, so again, full circle, Dil, um, Greg in particular, did you watch Aja and the Queen, the RuPaul vehicle? Because that was Michael Patrick King's most recent credit. Oh, so he Michael wrote that. Patrick King, what, what did you do? Um, it's It was nice to see some of the the queens of Drag Race in something other than Drag Race. Um, but I, what I found really impressive is that whoever cast that, they purposely picked really poor actors to make RuPaul look better. <laughs> oh my oh, that's god. That's why. <laughs> wow, okay. That's why the acting was so yeah. bad. Gay thing. And it's also that's why, you know, it got cancelled. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've just thought of the perfect replacement for um, Kim Cattrall if it's Samantha's character. <laughs> well Sharon Vanessa, Stone. Sharon Stone. Vanessa Williams. Mm. Vanessa Williams. Ooh, both would be good. Maybe. Mm. But yeah, Sharon Stone. Yeah. I just without Kim Cattrall it's not sexy no, city, is it? I agree. I mean, I if if so if I had to, so if by some miracle and my God, please do I would do it for free. If <laughs> if HBO Max was to come to me and say, Juno Dawson, we would love you to be head writer on the reboot of Sex and the City, I would say yes, <laughs> yeah. obviously. And I would say, right, this is the only circumstances in which I would do it. And oh. it would be picking them up at Samantha's funeral. Yeah. Right. And and those women dealing with the ultimate thing which is their mortality which is Mm. they are getting older and they will die and you know we know samantha has had breast cancer um the 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 odds of breast cancer returning potentially would be feasible and and i I think that's how i would do it and how do you come back how do you come back from losing one quarter of your world and Mm -hmm. but that would be a very very different tonally you know they never they did once obviously they dealt with the death of miranda's mother um you know, there that, was that never like got... a sig- there was never a significant character death in Sex and the City, was there? No, because it's not funny, and it's meant yeah. to be a comedy series. So I mean, how bittersweet and how tonally different it would have to be. But I suppose what you do is you would do the first two episodes with them dealing mm. with Samantha's death, mm. and then you would you'd have to move on. Mm. But then you know, do you do you shoehorn in a new character? So do you bring in Vanessa Williams, or you know, bring back Jennifer Hudson, or do, do you do more with Stanford do you, yes. or Anthony Marantino? Do you, do you elevate yeah. Stanford and Anthony yes. to being? But then I hated those two being a couple. Oh, so did I. So. Um, yeah. I don't love that. I was thinking so. actually, I did forget about Lily. Like it'd be, co- it's cool. It would be cool. Hopefully, they have like a Asian American actor because she's. Am I right? Yeah, she's. Yeah, she's Chinese. Chinese. Yeah, she's yeah. Chinese. So yeah, they they could have like a cool, and it could be a bit more that could add a bit of diversity to it. And then if you magnify, they can do it. But basically, what I'm thinking aloud is they can do it without it seeming shoehorned in. They can do it in yeah. an organic way. Yeah, because that character's to, already will, there. 
it's not yeah. like they're just bringing in someone new it would be kind of like yeah, yeah like seeing i partic- i particularly think recasting samantha would be such an insult to to 10 years of work mm. that kim cattrall did on that character this isn't doctor surprised. who yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be very surprised. Maybe Samantha is a Time Lord. It's not Sunset Beach. I can't think, honestly, I can't think of other than Doctor Who, which built it into the DNA of the show. Yeah. I can't I can't think of where a recasting has has worked well. You know, you know, obviously I I was a huge fan of Sunset Beach back in the day, the very the like the soap opera. You know, obviously one of the daughters in Roseanne was recast. I'm trying to think of other other examples where massive characters They did it in they did it in X-Men, didn't they? They did um oh um I can't remember the actress's name, but she played um Mystique and then, then Oh Jennifer yeah, Lawrence, they got so. Oh yeah. Although but then it, when a character can shape shift Oh yeah, fair point. It's it's built it's built in. And actually I think is it in First Class or Days of Future Past where Jennifer Lawrence briefly morphs into Rebecca Remain. Rebecca Remain. So it, it does Rebecca so it does so it does work. Yeah. But I think by you know, don't get me wrong, Sharon Stone and Kim Cattrall are very similar as actresses. They look quite similar. But having you know, expecting us to swallow that Sharon Stone is it'd be so jarring. Yeah. Um, wouldn't work I, I, I just and, and as well but it would and I, you know having a new sex positive character would the, the only way and again if I was in charge I would elevate Willie Garson to being the fourth main character is Willie, um, Willie Garson because is um, Stanford Stanford yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That's how I would do it, or possibly Susan Sharon. Um, you know, there's maybe some, there's some. Oh, oh my God, Amalita. Amalita. That is the only way. Um, I would, you know, Car- oh, um, Carol Lombard. I can't remember the name of the actress again. I'm awful with this, but she the, the bag episode. <gasps> oh, uh, Jennifer Coolidge. Yeah, Jennifer. Get Jennifer. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I cut up my bedspread for this. <laughs> you see, this this is why they shouldn't have killed Kristen Johnson. They shouldn't have pushed oh Lexi. Yeah. Have Lexi Featherston yeah. as well, kind of like. The amount of um, people, the amount of people who have said to me, like, please, can I come on as a guest for the for that episode? Splat. Like, <laughs> well, we're going to reach out to Kristen Johnson first, obviously. Yeah. So um, that would be the ultimate, the ultimate <laughs> guest. Um, so there you go. That is our official. So I got to thinking verdict on the return of Sex and the City. Of course, we're going to watch it. Yeah. But um, do do I think it's necessarily a great idea? No, <laughs> not necessarily. Not necessarily. <laughs> and it, it's it's difficult because Sex and the City Two was not the way I wanted to go out. So poss- there is a glimmer that potentially a new series could undo some of the damage that Sex and the City 2 did. But we're going to need some new writers. Absolutely. There. There, I said it. I volunteer you as tribute. (laughs) I volunteer as tribute. I would love that. That would be my dream job. But um, I think I've just talked my way out of that gig, haven't I? (laughs) Um, Greg, whereabouts can we find you and your work on the internet, please? You can find me on Instagram at... Greg Bailey photo. Um, you can also find me on uh, at All Right Darling podcast and my website, which is gregbaileyphotography.com. And the book All Right Darling is available in all good bookshops, which is a beautiful collection of some drag queens that you know and some drag queens that you don't. Yes, indeed. Mm. <laughs> 
And we will be back next week as ever with season three, episode 13, Escape from New York. That's right, for the first time ever, we are leaving New York State and going to LA. Until then, thank you so much for coming on, Greg. Thank you so much for having me. I had a a fabulous time. Don't forget to like and subscribe and we will see you next week. Take care. Bye. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.